Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Millennials are in love with backyards. Or front yards, or is it backyards? Do we know? I think it might just be yards. Just yards? In general. They, they want specific things. Okay. And, they do want uh, specific things. <laughs> like what? What do they want? Well, we were surprised this week because there was a study done about the one number one thing that millennials want in their home. They, uh, they want big yards over anything else, like mm. over a big kitchen even. So, yeah. So the study says a whopping 82% of millennials report having a lawn is the most important feature when renting or buying a home. But um, a but, caveat, the but. study... Who commissioned the study? Who commissioned the study? I need to know. <laughs> it was the National Association of Landscape Professionals. Oh, so they have no vested interest in lawns or lawn care or anything like no, that? No, <laughs> not at all. No. It might be a little nothing. bit biased. Huh, okay. Well, but so millennials want lawns. Is that just based on the fact that they love experiences over stuff? I don't know. I mean, I do have millennial friends who are renters. And the number one thing that I feel like my renter millennial friends say is I want a house so I can have a yard. Hmm. They want the space to entertain, Mm -hmm. barbecue, Mm -hmm. have a pet, Mm -hmm. um, you know, throw parties. And I do think that it seems alluring on the outset, but also yards are work. They can be a pain in the butt. I can testify to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um I would say kitchens is probably second for me, but I would definitely say that a yard is first. Really? Oh, really? So you would you would say a yard is first for you. Yeah. You're part would, of this as 82%. Do you th- I I am do you as a dog that, owner. <laughs> but do you think that that's only because you are deprived of a lawn in your current living or deprived of an outdoor space in your current living situation? I I don't think that it came about because I have been living without a lawn for for so long. Uh-huh. I think it's something that I've always envisioned having in my home. Are do you envision yourself mowing the lawn mm-hmm. on the weekends? Maybe if I need to. <laughs> I mean, I think you need to. You do, and, and I, I, I have a hard, by, I have by, a hard time picturing Natalie doing it. <laughs> by if I if I need to, I mean if my husband is not able oh. to do that. Okay, so the lawn mowing goes to Michael. Are you going to do um, the gardening and the, the sure. weeding? Well, we can share. We can definitely share those responsibilities. You know, I, I would love to have a little vegetable garden. And, yeah, no, vegetable um, garden is nice, but uh, lawn mowing is no fun. Well, I think, Eric, you are really onto something by saying that millennials value experiences. They'd rather spend their money on experiences and things. And so having a place to entertain your family and friends in your home besides just inside your home is something that millennials would gravitate toward. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, uh, thank you, Natalie. I don't claim to have any particular knowledge of millennials. (laughs) I just know I've read that. (laughs) Well, it was a good... Good insight. Good insight. Thanks. Uh, Do you feel like Chip and Joe's... Chip and Joe Gaines's audience is, you know, millennial skewing. Yes, um, I think it's everybody skewing. Right, it's very attainable. It is attainable. I don't think it's out of reach for most folks. So I think that 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 helps them appeal to that broad audience. Right. Well, we learned more about uh, their channel that they're going to have with the Discovery Channel. Mm. Um, you guys heard about this? Yes, it's like a Magnolia branded channel. 
Right. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, so, and, and today we actually learned a little bit more about this TV network that they're going to have. We don't know the name of it yet. We don't know if it's going to be Magnolia Channel. We don't know if it's going to be Discovery by Magnolia. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They haven't announced that yet. Okay. But we know um, that it's taking over the Discovery DIY channel. Mm -hmm. So that's like an existing channel that they're rebranding. Okay. Um, It's interesting because the CEO of Discovery actually went to Chip and Joe's house and pretty much begged them to take the deal with them. Wow. Uh, Which I don't know if you guys can imagine that. (laughs) Just imagine him on his knees. On bended knee? Yeah. (laughs) In the the modern farmhouse. In the modern farmhouse. Please. With with a little sign over him saying bless. <laughs> bless. <laughs> Gather. What what is the one in her in her kitchen? It's I think it's Oh, I don't know. Is it like far I think it's pharmacy? Oh, uh, is it? Okay. She has like a big one in her kitchen that's it's it says something like pharmacy or farmhouse. Um huh. but anyway, so yeah, so he begged them and apparently he is the same person who gave Oprah her channel. Um she has the own network. Right. So clearly he has a good eye for, you know, brands and people who would do well as having their own channel um apparently the channel will be launching in summer 2020 mm-hmm. which sounded far away but then i'm like oh it's almost summer 2019 where is time going yeah i know it's it, it's uh about a year out and did, did they announce any of the details around any of the programming or is it just the fact that they are taking over the DIY channel? Long story short, they didn't get into the details, mm-hmm. but they did say that the channel will feature long-form programming on topics including community, home, garden, food, wellness, entrepreneurialism, and design. So um, kind of they compared it to taking what they put in their Magnolia Journal, which is their like magazine. quarterly or monthly magazine, mm-hmm. um, and – just spreading that out onto a TV network. Very so. cool. So I'm sure there's going to be a, a cooking, you know, part of it because she's done a cookbook. There's going to be a decor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they've kind of got their tentacles uh, out into a diff- bunch of different verticals. <laughs> I think they have plenty of avenues to pursue in terms of programming. Totally. I mean, it's interesting. They're going to talk about community, quote unquote, which I can only assume is like Waco and touching a bit on like how they've. Uh, right. impacted Waco. Right. Which which I think is kind of the most interesting part of the story as a whole. I I, like... I tend to agree with you. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, how did they turn a city that was not known in I mean, Waco had a bad rep and they've kind of turned the entire city into a magnolia inspired the destination. Destination, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait till next summer. Um, but listeners, we just wanted to let you know mm-hmm. <laughs> because we said we would <laughs> that uh, the Gaines's uh, network, the Gaines's channel, is coming. Mm-hmm. For anyone who has stayed in a vacation rental, be it from Airbnb, vacation rental by owner, you know that uh, there's a certain decorum that you have to have. You have to respect the home. You have to abide by certain rules. You guys know this. You've stayed in vacation rentals, right? Stayed in a few in my time. I've stayed in a a few also, Uh, yes. And there are rules, usually house rules dictated by the uh, owner of the rental. Most of the time, these rules are, like, pretty normal, you know. Straightforward. 
straightforward things you'd expect. Don't smoke in the house. Um, Don't damage the house. Yeah. Right. How to turn How to turn on the TV. Yep. If there's yeah, it says no pets. Don't bring your dog. Stuff like that. Um, but occasionally there are those places where they have very specific, very strict, very strange rules that what? they want you to follow. Like, um, what? What's an example of a strange rule? <laughs> well, one of the so we talked to um, a handful of people who had stayed at an Airbnb or a VRBO with sort of strange rules. So one of these people um, arrived to their Airbnb and the host said, oh, quiet time is from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. And you can't. Are you talking about me? <laughs> no, I'm not. But do you? <laughs> I, know like, you I know familiar. you have a similar story. Um, but you guys were allowed to leave your place, right? Uh, we couldn't go outside after what was it? Nine, nine thirty. But you, like, if you wanted to go to a restaurant, oh yes, like, we could after nine, and then come home at like eleven. You would have been able to do that, right? Yes, we could vacate the place after nine, but we weren't allowed to be outside the, the house, premises. like in the hot tub or on the deck or anything after nine p.m. Right, for fear of like disturbing the neighbors. Right, that. that makes sense. Um, this couple couldn't come and go between nine and seven. Oh wow so is they, that legal you, you, i don't know huh. but that's what the host told this couple and they're like all right peace and isn't left that and went to a hotel it's like the plot of get out i mean like, why yeah that's kind of what it reminds me of <laughs> yeah so you, you can't leave between certain hours i mean wow where was this yeah that's um new hampshire <laughs> yeah. i mean maybe there's nothing to do in this particular town in new hampshire after 9 p.m anyway but yeah. Right. So it's like the only – all the trouble happens after 9 p.m. So Yeah. Uh-huh. So just get inside and play some Jenga. Maybe vampires live there. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe. it's a public safety concern. Oh, my God. Here we go. Um, Rachel, you kind of had a similar experience with the weird – with weird, weird Airbnb rules, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, these are all giving me flashbacks of a recent stay. Um where, again, we were not allowed to go outside, be outside the house after, between the hours, I believe, of 9 p.m. and 8 a.m. the next morning. Uh, and there was a hot tub. And I remember my friend said, so how are we supposed to use the hot tub? As if, like, <laughs> this was some puzzle to figure out. They weren't pleased like about that. Like, hot tub use Hot tub use only happens after 9 p.m. Yeah, I think that was the, the assumption. Um, they also were very particular. They said, you know, don't move the furniture and that it had been arranged very specifically. Um, mm. and then no shoes on the, uh, carpeted areas, which mm -hmm. kind of made sense because we were in Tahoe and it was the winter time and, you know, snow and, um, mud, I mud that, can yeah. get tracked in, but it was sort of a pain in the butt to... Um, manage 11 people because you don't want to be the like the stickler yeah but if your name's on the the agreement the, the yeah agreement, then, then i'm then you're kind of on the line liable right, right. did it so did did having these like really strict rules kind of affect you ever wanting to stay there again or did it set a, a cast a pall on your yeah your, your trip or yeah, I mean, I think it just made me very hyper aware of breaking the rules. And then I was paranoid about 
the owners about doing something wrong. And I think that that kind of bled over into sort of like, again, I didn't want to be the the buzzkill that was like, guys, don't walk on the carpet. Guys, you can't be outside. Um, But it put me in kind of a weird position. I mean, I understand the logic behind all of it, but at a certain point, it's kind of like, if you're going to be this particular, Mm -hmm. why are you renting out your house? To begin right, because yeah, you have to have some sort of expectation as a as a person as a host. Like, there's a chance your house could get trashed. Yeah, like, you can't prevent everything. Yeah, he also called me the night before to go over all of these rules. So hmm. that would talk me. about abundance of caution. And you know, I'm we work for a company that deals in real estate, and I completely understood where he was coming from, but. Um, it just put me to your earlier point, Natalie, it put me a little bit on edge right? before mm-hmm. we even stepped foot in the house. Well, wow. listeners, if you have ever dealt with any weird vacation rental rules, uh, if you've ever heard from a host and been like, what? Um, let us know. Write us an email at podcast at realtor.com. We'd love to hear. And we might even chit chat about it again on, on, on the show. The next time. Yeah. One of us takes a vacation. Who knows? Bless. Who knows? That's not going to happen anytime soon. Oh, well, my. for you it is, Rachel. Yeah. Hopefully but I you. am not staying in an Airbnb or a VRBO. Oh, uh, you staying in a hotel? All inclusive. What, are you going, <gasps> right. Wait, is this for the wedding? Yeah. You're going to Sandals? No, I'm not going to Sandals. Sandals, Jamaica. <laughs> I'll be in Cancun. Yo, Sandals, Cancun. There's the Sandals there. There is a Sandals. <laughs> but it's not Sandals. Sandals, Cancun. Or what's the other one called? The one that's the naughty one? I can never remember the name of it. Hedonism. Hedonism. Uh, is that a real place? Yes. Yeah. Seriously? I don't know if they still do it. I, I mean, I, it, I I just know it was. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Hedonism. Jamaica. Resort. There's oh, a Hedonism 2. Oh, it's clothing optional. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an all-inclusive... Kind of uh, open-ended. Wait, there was never okay. Hedonism two. There was never a hedonism one, and hedonism three closed in twenty ten. Mm. That's confusing. January at hedonism two is infinite, infamously known as Swingers Month. Um, <laughs> April is a dirty perv week, so good luck this month. <laughs> wow. Well, Rachel, you're not going into hedonism. No. Um, I'm going to a place called Secrets. <laughs> secrets and lies. Secrets. secrets. Is it really called Secrets? Yes. Wait. Oh my god. It sounds like a hedonism. <laughs> yeah, it does secrets. sound like hedonism. Wait. Is this kind of like where The Bachelor is filmed or is it No, a, other side of the country. Oh, okay. Um, anyways. <laughs> We're way off the track here. Whoa. I think it's time for winners and losers. Okay. What do you guys think? Losers. Uh, This is the segment where we discuss the celebs who bought real estate, sold real estate, rented real estate, and those who made a good deal and those who may have lost some cash. Eric, let's start with our loser, as we always do. This week, it is Jacqueline Lorita. Yes, Jacqueline Lorita. You. I don't know her. You don't know her. Okay. Well, I don't watch Real Housewives anymore. You don't have to. <laughs> it's not that you have to be watching Real Housewives. She was on New Jersey Housewives from the beginning. Oh wait. From. I did watch that. 
Did you just Google her? <laughs> no, I'm looking at her story, actually. Oh, yeah, I, I know her. Okay, so Jacqueline Larita has been trying to sell this house. It's a mansion in Franklin Lakes. If you've watched Real Housewives uh, seasons one through five, and I think she came back for season seven, this house has been on the show. You've seen the interior of this house. You've mm-hmm. seen her hanging out there with Teresa, with... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the other one? G- Gorg- Caroline. Caroline, the other Gorga. What's the Gorga? Uh, Melissa. Melissa Gorga. Who's the Gorga? (laughs) The Gorga. You know the Gorga. (laughs) Melissa Gorga. You've seen her hanging out there in the kitchen. I think they've had a party in the the wine cellar here. It's, you know, it's a fine house. It's it's a big house. It's in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. In 2014, they put it on the market, her and her husband Chris, put it on the market for $2.85 million. Uh, Cut the price in 2017 by a little bit. Later in 2017, early 2018, it came back on the market for 2.3 million. Still no buyer. This week came back on the market. Whoa, oh, it's down to 195, 1.95 million. So wow, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a come down from the original asking prices in 2014, and uh, it still looks the same inside. It's a like I say, it's a it's a fine house. The media isn't it a Tuscan? And yeah, it's, Tuscan. It's, and, yeah, it's, it's veering inside. Into that I mean, it's it's very heavy decor inside. Ooh. Like you know, like heavy wood, a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, the card the card room I know has been on the show. It's um, it's it's I, I, the exterior is not Tuscan, but it's kind of McMansiony in a in a way. It's got all those roof lines competing. But the median list price in Franklin Lakes is one point one million. So. At, mm. at, when they came out in two point, uh, 2014, it may have been a little over what people were looking to spend in Franklin Lakes. Now they may be more in line. The six-bedroom house, we don't know how exactly how big it is. We can guess it's probably upwards of five or 6,000 square feet. Wow. Yeah, it's a big house. and um, It's a lot of house. It's a lot of house and uh, a lot of personality and a lot of drama has taken place in this house. If you're a housewives fanatic, yeah, well, now's your chance. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's ready for filming. If you, if you want to maybe move in, and uh, obviously it's a pre-approved location for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to buy this off uh, Jacqueline and Chris, and uh, you know, see see if Bravo will cast you. Maybe you could be on. The... Here you go. Here, here is your new career. Yeah, we're handing it to you. Yeah, this is a, this is an entry point into the Real Housewives of New Jersey. We are calling her our loser because they've had to cut the price on the darn thing now four times and have not been able to sell the thing. Let's let's move on to some better news. Um, our winner. So our winner this week, Natalie, is the couple that had their house redone on season two of Fixer Upper. It was episode thirteen. It was called an Asian ranch when Chip and Joe first came on the scene. Why? Uh, I didn't watch this episode, so I can't really speak to why they thought it was an Asian ranch. I don't know if it had, like, Asian flair to it. What? I think it had a bit of Asian decor. Yeah. I'm and looking, so, if I do recall. And then Chip, la- probably la- Chip latched onto that, and you know, as he's wanting yes. to do, and says, oh, this is the Asian ranch. Wait, yeah. Would the Asian definitely ranch style. decor part have been pre or post Pre. Pre. Okay. Pre. Pre. The, yeah. so, so the photos now are not, it, there's nothing it does Asian not, about them. There's nothing Asian about them. Absolutely it. This not. Was, this was known as the Asian ranch, though, when Chip and Joanna first landed on the scene. Got it. Kind of like the faceless bunker. Sure. 
exactly. That you know they come up with a name for the houses that they're kind of showing the uh, prospective buyers, and mm-hmm. so Chip and Joe showed this Asian ranch to the buyers back in uh, season two, uh, and they bought it for them for two hundred and sixty-two thousand, and the family had an all-in budget of four hundred fifty, so that left almost 200,000 for Chip and Joe to kind of just do their thing and of course they did they took out walls opened it up you know made the the nice flow did all the farmhouse touches that we're so familiar with um and now the couple that they redesigned it for put it back on the market just it was about 8 days ago put it back on the market for $739,000 wow or 740 to be exact um <laughs> And so they spent about 450000 that we saw on TV. Who knows if they spent any since then. But um, a $300,000 profit, roughly, if, they, if they're able to sell it. And it's already gone pending. So the price that they were asking, somebody's willing to pay that seven thirty nine nine. Wow. Yeah. So we, Good for them. Yeah. So that's clearly a winner. That's a big winner. I mean, that's a nice ROI in just three years to go from four hundred fifty to seven forty. So do we know? Well, because so it's pending. So we don't know what the sale price is. But if it's pending after a week, chances are that the buyer offered right up to the price, if not over Mm. to get a deal done. That's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, so uh, we we always say, you know, do these homes, does the premium help sell these homes? And um, I mean, this is just a great property, though. It's very spacious. Huge house. It's how many square feet? It's, it's like four thousand ish. Yeah, it's a big. Four, it's a big yeah, house. four thousand two hundred thirty-five. Yeah, it's a big house. Um, it's, and I feel like the the decor of it, while there are a lot of like, ugh, like French <laughs> farmhouse, like <laughs> you know, this was done in what two thousand ten? No, no, fifteen what? or sixteen. No way. Yeah, it's only been three or four years since Chip and Joe have been here. Because oh. this was season two. Well, in any case, <laughs> the, the decor looks a little dated, mm. and it, it just you know it's it's that. Well, it's just the overdone French country farmhouse. Um, white, 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 gray, 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 white, gray, white, gray. white, gray, 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 like worn barn doors and rustic wood, um, rustic wood. Yeah, that could be the buyer's flair, and if not, you can easily remove that and put your own spin on it because it is a pretty blank slate. Are you looking at the listing? Does it say what the um, the average sale price is or the median sale price is in that neighborhood? The median sale price right now in Waco is, I have it in front of me here, is $105 per square foot, about $254,255. Uh, wow. And this, and this one? This one sold for $175 per square foot and right around probably $740 if it gets that $740 price tag wow yeah well it's uh that's it's the game a win the gains touch a win and a half thanks to the game's touch yes Thank you so much for tuning in to another great episode of House Party. If you want to check out any of the stories that we discussed today, you can go to realtor.com slash news, or you can go to your favorite search engine, type in realtor.com and the topic, and you should find our story about it. You can subscribe to this podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast if you like it, and please give us a five-star rating. 
Um, if you want to get in contact with us for any reason, you can reach us at podcast at realtor.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at housepartypod. We'll post some of our favorite stories of the week. Um, we'll tweet out a link to the episodes. Um, you know, you can find, you can even get in touch with us that way. Send us a DM. Um, and slide into those DMs. Slide. Slide on into those DMs. <laughs> That's it for us, Rachel and Eric. It's been grand. Thank you, Natalie. Fun as always. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.